0: Hi, I'm John Nerrell and welcome to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. If you're feeling stuck in your career and overwhelmed by what steps to take, I can help you. As an executive and career transition coach, I help my clients prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do to show up and find a job they love or love the job they have. It's time to start building your Mid-Career GPS. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Now, today, what we're going to put in the GPS is the final destination. And I want you to think about what happens when you have the job, when you get the dream job that you want, what happens next? In today's episode, we are going to do some reverse engineering by solely focusing on that moment when you have gotten that job and what happens when you've already reached that destination point for what you initially programmed into your GPS. Now, we're going to do this in a couple of ways today. And one of the best examples that I can share with you, and I can talk about you with you with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm is watching what is going on with Jeopardy right now, because we're going to talk about Ken Jennings and his very big shoes that he is filling by serving as an interim guest host for Jeopardy after the very sad passing of Alex Trebek last year from pancreatic cancer. We're going to talk today about tips for getting started off on your new job and getting started off on the right foot. So a couple of things as we get started. If you have not subscribed to my newsletter, I want you to go and visit johnnarrell.com. Right on the front page there, there is a link to sign up for my weekly newsletter where you will get information specifically related to various leadership and career topics as you are building your mid-career GPS. And also, if you would, kindly subscribe and rate and review this podcast so you will get notified when more episodes drop. All right. You need to know something right off the bat. If you have been listening to me for a while or you are new to the podcast, one of the things you have to know about me is that I am a huge game show fan. I've had an opportunity to be on one show, which was Chain Reaction back in 2005 or 2004 on the Game Show Network. They actually still run that in reruns. But being a huge Game Show fan, I follow all kinds. I follow trivia, general knowledge, competition, word games, and Understandably, Jeopardy has been part of my game show fandom, if you will, for a very, very long time. I am old enough to remember when Art Fleming was the original host of Jeopardy. And uh, it's an interesting story how Alex Trebek got the job as host of Jeopardy because when Merv Griffin decided to launch Jeopardy as a syndicated program... It was going to be shot in California, and Art Fleming, who was the original host of Jeopardy!, did not want to leave New York to go do it. And so Alex Trebek was given the opportunity to audition and obviously got the job for it. And it is clearly one of those jobs that sets you up for the rest of your career. Now there was a time when Alex Trebek was hosting three game shows at the same time. He was hosting Jeopardy, he was hosting Classic Concentration, and To Tell the Truth, both on NBC. So Alex holds a couple of game show records and Guinness World Records in that regard. But after 37 years, and over 8,000 episodes where we welcomed Alex into our home and he let us in as we followed him on his journey battling pancreatic cancer, his passing hit many of us hard, especially if you have known someone who is currently battling or has passed away from pancreatic cancer. And so there was a lot of pressure when Ken Jennings was named the first guest host of Jeopardy. After winning the greatest of all time tournament in early 2020 and then being assigned as a consulting producer for Jeopardy, there was probably no surprise that Ken was going to be the one that would at least have a shot at the job. But can you imagine the pressure? That was put on Ken in order to do this job. America is watching. They wanted to see how he was going to do. I, I, I subscribe to a lot of game show groups and, and blogs and vlogs and things like that. And I heard even people saying like, you know, they should just cancel Jeopardy because the host is gone and everything. Alex loved the game so much. He wanted the game to continue. And that was something we heard from executive producer Mike Richards, was that they were going to continue producing the game that Alex loved so we could all play. And so here's Ken who comes out, and what does he do? He did something that, in my opinion, was without question the best thing he could have done on day one. He acknowledged the situation. How many times in your career have you seen leaders move into a role for whatever reason it is within your organization or your company, and they have failed to acknowledge the situation that's there? As one of my bosses used to say, let's just put the elephant out on front street. Let's call it what it is. And when Ken said on that first episode, he's like, I miss Alex. I wish Alex was still here hosting the show. And just by him acknowledging that, it kind of endeared us to him a little bit more. Look, Ken has had his share of controversies with past tweets and things like that that he has apologized for, and, you know, how all of that's going to play out and work and everything like that. But I gotta say, in my opinion, as a game show enthusiast as someone who watches personal and professional behavior. I'm impressed with how he has handled this, even down to the very end. At the end of every episode, he looks into the camera and he says, thank you, Alex. It's his own way of letting us not forget Alex or not thinking that he is replacing him in any way, shape or form. He is just taking over this job for the interim. And one of the best quotes I saw online in regards to Ken's performance after the first week as host was, don't let your first chapter be the same as someone's 37th chapter. I mean, it would be unfair of us to make this comparison that on week one of hosting this well-recognized show, This juggernaut, if you will, that we would place the same metrics and comparisons to Ken's performance as to what Alex Trebek did on the last day that he hosted the show, 10 days before his death, after 37 years of hosting the show and a career in broadcasting that spanned 50, 60 years. it would be so easy for us to criticize. But how we handle these situations with grace is one of the ways that as leaders, as we navigate our mid-career, we get to show up in these moments. Now I had a chance to meet Ken. It was actually kind of an interesting story. After I had been on the game show Chain Reaction, the same production company, launched a non-airing pilot, which means it wasn't recorded for television, but it was recorded for executive decisions to see if they wanted to take the show to air. The show was called Ken Jennings versus the rest of the world. We shot this show at the Manhattan Theater Company in New York City, and the premise of it was here was Ken Jennings, and here were five trivia buffs who got to play a game directly against Ken. I had a blast. It was so much fun. I got to be one of the five people in the world. And it actually happened about 10 days after I had some pretty major surgery. And I was just determined not to miss this. In fact, the doctor said, you weren't supposed to drive for two weeks. And I was like, forget it. I'm going into New York City. And and I just went ahead and did it. And I had so much fun doing this episode. And, and they ran it just like a game show. You weren't allowed to talk to each other in between and, and stuff. But when the show was over and we got done recording it, I remember walking up to Ken. We had a little photo op. And I walked up to him and I shook his hand and I said, Ken, it is so nice to meet you. Congratulations on your amazing winning streak on Jeopardy. And he looked at me and he goes, thank you. It's very nice to meet you too. It felt genuine, and I'm sure it was, but it was also a little robotic, because I can't imagine how overwhelmed he was at the time with people trying to figure out what were they going to do with him after he just got off this monumental and probably will never be broken winning streak on a game show. So... There are these things that as we get older, we transition, we learn, we find our voice, we find that space where we go to fit in. And as I watch Jeopardy! and I think of, here's Ken 16 years later, let's say, he's a very different person in some ways. He's much more seasoned and experienced, but Ken loves the game. Ken cares about protecting the integrity and the fidelity of the game that we know and love. And when we move into these roles, when we move into that dream job, don't we want to do the same thing? Don't we want to show up in a way that we honor the integrity of the position, the role. We execute that role with the kind of fidelity that we know is needed, but still find ways to use our genius and insert our expertise that is going to move that job along. And the performance and the expectations or the revenue or the sales or whatever metrics you are gauging by because you are in that role. It is the responsibility that you take on when you get to that destination point on your GPS that you are going to do that job to the best of your ability. So once you find your dream job, what's next? What are some of the things that you do when you start that new job to ensure your success and the organization's success? Well, what I have learned throughout my career, both from myself and in watching others, is that we listen, we observe, we find ways to add value. We recognize that trust is the most important thing we can have And that if we trust and we are trusted, we can make some great things happen. And that every day is an opportunity for us to define our role. Because in everything that you have done, in the preparation, in the positioning, in the promoting, in how you are showing up, it is all about guiding yourself to this destination that you finally get to, where you're like, I got the job, now what? That's where the next chapter in your GPS or the next destination point in your GPS comes in. But now that you are here, what do you do? I'm gonna link this article in the show notes by Adrian Granzella Larson. It's called Six Ways to Prepare for Your Someday Promotion. I really like this article because it it was focusing on the things that we are doing in leading up to that elevation into that job. Adrian talks about keeping track of your accomplishments, engaging in your professional development, being aware of who is getting promoted within your organization, being transparent about your goals in what you want to accomplish looking for ways to add value and then the last thing was she's like dress for the job you want which might be a little hard right now in the pandemic given that we're you know pajama bottoming or or jeans and suits and stuff on top or or uh, blouses and blazers and things like that but um But yeah, just dressing for the job that you want when you're showing up on camera, be professional, be ready. All of these things come together. But that is what is allowing you to get to the place where you want to be. Now, when I'm coaching my clients and we are working on a plan to help them navigate toward that promotion, one of the questions I always ask them is, How would Director John or Senior Director John, or I'm just using my name here as an example, right? But but how would insert that title in your name show up right now in that role that you have with the expectation that you are elevating to that next role where you want to be? Adopting a mindset that you are ready and prepared for that next role will serve you so well on this career path. So many times people make the mistake that they're going to flip a switch, and in that switch, then everything changes. Well, I'll be there when I get the title. You need to be there now. You need to be demonstrating the knowledge, the skills, the competencies, the abilities right now so that people start seeing you in that role. Because once that happens, when you elevate into that role, they're going to see you there. What is interesting about this Jeopardy process, and I applaud them for doing it, is that they're really taking the time this season to audition different guest hosts to see who fits, who resonates. Alex Trebek was very open in everything I have read that um, he didn't have a say in who was going to be picked, though he thought Betty White would be great, and I'm sure we can all get on board with that too. But there were two people that he named specifically that he thought would be good hosts, Um, One is the current announcer for the Los Angeles Kings. Forgive me, I don't know his last name. I know his first name is Alex, and that's why it stands out, because he thought that would be pretty easy. I hope he gets a shot at it. The other is Laura Coates, who is a political analyst for CNN. And Alex was very open about, he thought having a woman and a woman of color be in this role would be great as well. But through all of it, it was who would be a great fit for the game. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but, but in what I have read, and, and this to me makes a lot of sense if we think about transitioning leadership, is that um, Ken Jennings has shot five or six weeks of shows. So we're going to see Ken for a few more weeks in this this guest hosting role. And then as I understand it, Mike Richards, who is the executive producer of Jeopardy!, who is also a great game show host, is going to take over for the next two weeks. And they did that to give enough time and buffer as they start training the other guest hosts who are coming, Katie Couric. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Bill Whitaker, and Mayim Bialik are the guest hosts who have been currently named that are coming up. But so much work right there is, is to help them get in that mindset that they are in that role. They are going to do the job. When we think about our own careers, we have to put ourselves mentally in that place to prepare ourselves to do the job at the level above us where we want to go because that's where we see our careers headed. It is that GPS process that I'm talking with you about throughout this podcast about how do you prepare How do you position yourself? How do you promote who you are and what you do? And how would the new you show up for the job? Or how would the you that sees yourself in that role show up for the job? Because you will have the job before you are even given the title. It is so much about your abilities and your beliefs, and your competencies, and your demonstrated, results-driven accomplishments that are going to move you into that role. So like you, I'm going to be watching a lot of Jeopardy over the next few months. I'm going to have my opinions about who I think's doing a great job and who isn't. And perhaps later on in this podcast, we'll have a little note and a shout out to whoever it is. But it's an interesting dynamic to watch. There's a lot of parallels that are going on there that are paralleled and equated to what's going on in our own career right now. But if you've plugged that destination into your GPS that you want senior in your title, or you want to manage a certain team, or you want to be the director of a department, you need to see yourself in that role and demonstrating what you would be in that role on a daily basis until the powers that be within your organization officially name you into that role. Be the person who is adding value. Be the person who is listening, being creative, thinking outside of the box. Whatever your organizational culture is, you are finding your way to see if you can fit in and add that kind of value. It's a pretty powerful thing. It's a pretty amazing place to be when you accomplish and reach that destination on your GPS. So... I wanna thank you for spending some time with me today. If you haven't checked out my private Facebook group, it is called Your Mid-Career GPS. Would love to have you in the group. There's a lot of engagement every single day. Great questions, great discussions, and a wonderfully fantastic group of people who are all trying to navigate what their mid-career looks like. So just go ahead and search for Your Mid-Career GPS on Facebook and would love to see you there in the group. And for more information, you and always visit johnnarrell.com, including signing up for my newsletter. So I wish you a great rest of the day. Um, if you're catching Jeopardy tonight, hope, hope you get the final Jeopardy answer right or question right. And, uh, and just remember, this is all about the journey and the process. I'm glad to be part of it with you. Make it a great day. Be kind to each other. Stay safe. And remember, how we show up matters. I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed today's show and don't want to miss an episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. If you haven't already, I'd appreciate it if you would leave me a rating and review to let me know what you think to help others find this podcast and continue to bring you relevant and useful content to help you navigate what's next for your career. And if you're ready to create your mid-career GPS and get rid of the overwhelm so you can find the job you'll love or love the job you have, visit my website at johnnarrell.com for more information about joining my private Facebook group and scheduling a free consult with me so we can start building your mid-career GPS together. Don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn follow me on social at John Narrow coaching. I'll see you next time.